This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. of a crazy political stoush over this thing called the debt ceiling for the past few months, which has been threatening to blow up and cause ripples around the world. So in this Squiz Shortcut, we look at what the heck a debt ceiling is, if and when it could all cause drama, and why it has the world on edge. Squiz Shortcuts is the backstory to the big news stories. I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. So I reckon the first time I really paid attention to this whole debt ceiling thing was when Joe Biden cancelled his trip to Australia last week because he said he had to get back to the US to deal with it. So it was clearly a big deal because no one gives up a trip to Sydney unless it's really, really important. (laughs) Right, Claire? Yeah, particularly when you've got uh, the opportunity to be hosted at the Opera House and everything (laughs) that comes along with that. Uh, Remember Biden called Anthony Albanese at 4.30 a.m. one morning last week and said, sorry, buddy, I know I said I was coming, uh, but Congress (laughs) is off the rails and this whole debt thing is blowing up. Uh, I have to get back there ASAP after the G7. So there was no side trip to Sydney. Sad for him. And Biden laid it on pretty thick with the apology when he met Albanese in Hiroshima for a hastily reconvened quad meeting. So tell us what is this debt ceiling that forced the president to cut short his international travel? I reckon the easiest way to picture a debt ceiling is the same way that you might have a home loan or a car or a business loan. The bank makes a decision about how much it's going to lend you based on what it reckons your capacity is to pay back the loan and the interest every month. So the US debt ceiling is just fancy jargon for the amount of money the United States is allowed to borrow to pay its bills, except a bank doesn't decide it's the Congress, which is the equivalent of our party. Parliament. They're the ones who decide that limit. Right. And a country accrues debt when it spends more than it earns, right? So like paying pensions for healthcare, defence, roads, when those items cost more than the tax revenue it's getting in. Yeah, so the United States has been racking up government debt really since it became a nation. Uh, And when you look at exactly how it runs its budgets year to year, the United States has been running deficit budgets for more than 20 years. It hasn't had a surplus since 2001. Uh, So it's had to borrow every year just to keep the running of the government happening. And so that debt, it also has to pay interest on and that just keeps on growing. Yeah, the numbers are so big here that they really don't have much meaning other than being massive. So the average US deficit over the past 20 years has been $1 trillion. I say that in my best Dr. Evil voice, Claire. <laughs> That's $1,000 billion. To put that into context, Australia's current debt is not quite $1 trillion, so about one thirtieth of the US. Yeah, and it sounds massive because it is. But Mm -hmm. like every mortgage holder knows, there's nothing wrong with debt just as long as you can service the loan. Right. And that's the bit that's hard to wrap your head around because this is the US government we're talking about. It's not like they are a bad risk. They're the biggest economy in the world. So 
Why are we even having this conversation about them possibly defaulting on a loan? Alice, it's a really great question and I'm sure (laughs) Joe Biden is also wondering the same thing. Uh, Like we said, Congress, which is the equivalent of our parliament, sets the amount that the Treasury can borrow. Uh, That was set at $31 trillion and the United States actually hit that back in January. So since then, the Treasury has been using special powers to move money around so Mm. that it can pay pensions, pay government government workers, do all of those sorts of things. And it's been waiting for the Congress to raise the debt ceiling. So that is just agree to pass a law that would allow the Treasury to borrow more. Right. And clearly it's still waiting. Okay. Well, next up, let's look at why there's a standoff in Congress and how long before it blows up in America's face. Okay, so Claire, what the hell is going on with Congress? They could just pass a law, like you say, and raise the amount the government could borrow, surely. Yeah, like in theory, it's not a big deal. Congress has increased (laughs) the ceiling 78 times since 1960. So that's more than once a year on average. And Mm. even though the president is a Democrat, uh, Republican presidents over that time have been more likely to ask for the limit to be raised. So why, if it's been pretty routine, is there this brinkmanship going on now, which means the president has had to go back to the country to negotiate? So a couple of things have collided. Um, Firstly, debt in the United States has tripled since 2009. So it's been a really hotly debated topic in recent years. And it's meant that the limit has had to be renegotiated more often. Uh, And the other thing to note is just the simple polarisation of politics in the United States. We've talked Mm. about that quite a bit. Um, So there's no business as usual anymore, Uh, no doing things just the old-fashioned way. Everything is supercharged and hyper-partisan, and that's to inflict pain on the opposing side, even if ordinary folks pay that price. So essentially, this pushing things to the brink isn't that unusual over recent years. No, it's not. Um, And look, when Obama was president, there was a similar blow up that was back in 2011. And that actually led to the United States credit rating being downgraded for the first time. It was a pretty big deal at that time. Mm. Uh, And Biden has also had to deal with the similar thing in 2021. Uh, It caused a whole lot of sound and noise, but it definitely wasn't as dramatic as this. Okay, and we'll talk about how it might play out this time in a tick. But for now, spell out what happens if the government isn't allowed to borrow more. Like, why is everyone so worried? Yeah, so the head of the Treasury in the United States is Janet Yellen. She says that the government defaulting on its obligations would cause irreparable harm to the United States economy, uh, to the lives of all Americans, and also cause global instability. Okay, but why is that? How does it actually happen? Okay, so remember that the US government needs this money to pay its bills. Um, So it might not be able to pay welfare benefits, military salaries, Medicare, on time, all of those sorts of things. Um, There would be some commitments that it just couldn't meet. Mm. Goldman Sachs has estimated that it would immediately halt uh, about one-tenth of the US economic activity. Uh, Another think tank thinks that if the United States does run out of cash, it could cause the loss of about 3 million jobs in America. Yeah, the chief economist at Moody's told a US Senate Budget Committee, we need to end this drama as quickly as possible. If we don't, we're going to go into a recession. 
Yeah, and that's why things are getting so tense in Washington. Uh, Yellen said that that is all going to come to an end at the start of June. So Mm. they're really in a rush to get it done. And before all of this happens in the United States, the economy was already bracing for a possible recession over the next 12 to 18 months. So things really have collided. The US has been dealing with inflation um, and, of course, higher interest rates. And Mm. there's been some banking failures. We've talked about those. Um, that hyper-partisan environment in Congress, there really is this sort of collision of these confidence killers in America that it just doesn't need right now. And it's also one of the reasons our PM was so understanding that Biden had cancelled on him because most of the world is rooting for America to sort this out pronto, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, We know from past events that there would be a lot of volatility on global share markets. And if the United States did get into financial strife, certainly the sort of financial strife they're talking about, it would have a really big effect on the global economy. Okay, well, next up, let's take a look at how this all might play out. So what are the options here? Like you said, most of the time in history, these standoffs have been sorted just in the nick of time. Is that what's likely to happen this time? Look, going from past events, you'd have to say that that's the likely outcome. Um, So Biden's just met with the Republican Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy. He's the most senior Republican in the Congress. And there's been lots of talk about common ground. So they've come a long way in just a few days when both sides were pretty much screaming at each other that the other's demands were just unacceptable. Right. So what have been the sticking points there? What's stopping the Republicans from agreeing to raise the debt ceiling? There's no doubt that there's big elements of pure politics Mm. uh, and trying to inflict damage on a president. Um, The Republicans want to make him look weak. They're also trying to position the Democrats as bad managers of the economy. So uh, there's also no doubt that there are some Republicans who are genuinely believing that US government spending is out of control uh, and it must be reined in and that they'll do anything, even if it's pretty dramatic in this big standoff scenario, um, to try and get the government to cut back. So what are the big things that the Republicans are asking for in return for their support? They started from a position months ago of trying to lock Democrats into capping spending uh, over a period of several years. But at the same time, they said they didn't want any of those cuts to be in defence or on border control. Um, So it would effectively mean bigger spending cuts in everything else Mm -hmm. and really dictating the Democrats' agenda when it comes to things like climate and healthcare and education and infrastructure. Um, They're also wanting a tightening of the rules on who can get unemployment benefits, and that includes that American system of food assistance and food stamps. And I'm guessing the Democrats are pretty lukewarm on most of that, really. Yep, that's a fair way of putting it. Uh, They really don't (laughs) want to go down those roads. What's been interesting, of course, is watching the two sides sort of inching towards each other. Uh, The Republicans taking some more extreme demands of theirs off the table and the Democrats also acknowledging some of those concerns about spending. So Mm. initially the Democrats were insisting uh, on just a no conditions increase. They just wanted that debt limit raised, no questions asked. But now they're actually negotiating on a spending freeze from the government and also tougher requirements for people who do get those unemployment benefits. 
So how long until the D-Day when the money could run out and trigger all the bad stuff happening? Yeah, we mentioned that June deadline and, of course, we're heading towards the last week of May. Um, mm-hmm. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says that early June is the hard deadline. They call it the X date. Um, she hasn't put an exact date on when the government might not be able to pay its bills, but uh, that's because they can't precisely forecast how much tax they might be able to collect until then. Uh, but it could be as early as the 1st of June. Biden, for his part, says default is not an option and the man he's negotiating with, Speaker Kevin McCarthy, as you mentioned, Claire, says time is of the essence. So you really hope this gets back on track ASAP. Yep, because even if Biden and McCarthy uh, shake hands on a deal, it still has to be passed by the Congress and that, of course, takes some time. It's not really a rubber stamp that Mm -hmm. just gets waved through. Um, There are plenty of members in both of those parties who might have trouble swallowing the deal and that could play out in Congress. So we're really just going to have to wait it out. Yeah, with all fingers crossed. And that's your shortcut to the US debt ceiling. Now on to our recommendations. Each week we give you a recommendation for some further reading, listening or watching. And look, if you've ever watched Jimmy Fallon slow jamming the news on his night (laughs) show, there is a song about the debt ceiling. I kid you not. Obama was president when he wrote it, but it's still hilarious and so on point. It is quite funny. It gives me the giggles, that one. Um, uh, The Council on Foreign Relations is probably at the other end of Jimmy Fallon slow jamming (laughs) with Obama. Uh, It's a great think tank from the United States and I've got a link to a backgrounder that they've written on the whole debt issue. It, It really is a good explainer. Yeah, good one. Thank you for listening in. If you like what you heard, please tell people about the podcast. And if you have any requests, you can send them through to hello at thesquiz.com.au. In the meantime, there are plenty more episodes for you to have a listen to, so get on to that. Until next time. Kate Watson, co-host of News Club and The Weekly Wrap, jumping in here to say thank you for listening to our podcasts first and foremost. And if you like them, we'd really appreciate it if you could share them. Tell your mates about us. Tell your family. Tell your barista, tell your hairdresser, whoever you think might be interested in the news that we cover. You telling people about us is still the number one way we grow. Thanks in advance.